Rise and Shine, I would say, is an inspirational story. It's the story of the impossible dream coming true. It's the story of your back against the wall and finding a way through it. It's the story of like your struggles as uh, an athlete and finding a way to finding a way to use them, using your struggles as and turning them into a strength and turning them into something that's powerful for you. Hey, I'm Ashley Agle. Some of you might know me as Ashley Burkhart, and I'm a former D1 and professional softball player who spent a few years coaching in the college game before deciding to put all of my focus into youth softball players and helping them make their dreams and their goals happen for them. It's our job to help them unleash their potential and become the athletes they've always dreamt of. I come from a small city in the Midwest and didn't let that stop me from making my goal of playing D1 softball a reality. No matter where you live, you have the tools to help you thrive, and I am hoping through this podcast to help you get there. On this podcast, you'll learn from Olympians, Hall of Fame coaches, and elite players what their journeys have been like, and you'll also learn from me and my family a bit of our journey through the game. I'm so excited to have you here, so whip out your notebook and let's learn how we can grow in this game together. Welcome to When the Cleats Come Off. The newly retired and author, Monica Abbott, joins us again on When the Cleats Come Off. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Ashley Agle. I'm very excited for this episode. Last time she was on the show, in episode 41, called Consistency Over Intensity, we learned a lot about how to think like an elite pitcher, how she started pitching and the mechanics she focused on in her young career, how she was able to throw for so long and keep her arm healthy. A lot of you ask for arm strength episodes, and that one definitely hits hard on it. And she talked about how she was preparing to compete in the Tokyo Olympics. But this week, we are diving deeper into her playing journey by learning how she came up with the dream of competing in the Olympics in fifth grade and the important steps that helped her get there what lessons the game has taught her over the years, and how she's turned her struggle into her strength and has become one of the most well-known and fastest softball pitchers in the entire world. If you're ready to see how you can make your dreams become reality and parents, how you can help your athletes make their dreams become reality and turn your struggles into your strengths, this is an episode you won't want to miss a minute of. She has recently launched her first book, Rise and Shine, The Monica Abbott Story, so stay tuned to the end when we talk directly about the book and something secret she's had up her sleeve that she hasn't even shared publicly with anyone else yet. It's pretty freaking awesome. All right, enough from me. Let's welcome two-time Olympic medalist Monica Abbott back to the show. Let's go. You're one of my first returning guests, Monica. How do you feel about this? You know, I feel like it's awesome. It's great. When you think about it, like there's so many things that you can talk about. So, and when you have shared experiences, getting into details with things, like it only makes sense. Why wouldn't I come back? (laughs) I know. Like we'll have to have like a third, fourth, fifth time, like in the future. But the first time that you were on here, we talked a lot about your recruiting journey, you know, a little bit about you know, that goal of yours, but I'm just excited because later on, I really want to dive into this new book you have. 
I know, last time we talked, you didn't have this book. Maybe you were thinking about the book, but it wasn't out yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're definitely going to dive into this book. But before we do, you're also newly retired. Yeah. How does, how does that feel? Is it wild? Like, what type of emotions do you have right now? Gosh, you know what? Let's see. I've been retired for, I don't know, almost five months, four or five months now. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like, I feel great. <laughs> I feel so good. Really? Um, That's awesome. I think my, towards the end of my career, like the last year, I kind of had a, I kind of knew like, okay, like you start as a player, you start to kind of realize, okay, I think when you, well, when you played, I was lucky enough to play as long as I did. And those athletes that play for a really long time, you start to get this feeling of like, okay, like I know my time is coming. I know I've got to say goodbye and I think that last season that I played with Team USA and uh, with Toyota, I was able to kind of come to peace with all of those things and really like mm-hmm. soak it up. Ultimately, like it was still like for like before I announced it, like I knew I was going to retire. And um, for about a month and a half, two months, I was just like, oh, my God, this is like devastating. Like, what am I going to do with my life? But yeah, it's scary. Uh, yeah, it was scary. It was super scary, but I was able to take some time to come to peace with it before I was actually, you know, made it public. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I from an outsider's perspective, it felt like the the perfect final curtain call. Like it was yeah. just like it, it kind of played itself out so nice. And I'm saying this because, you know, I still followed you and you were in Japan. And I was like, oh, like, and I knew you had announced that you were retiring from Japan. And so many people are like, is she going to retire like fully retire. And I'm like, I feel like if she's leaving Japan, she probably, it's probably going to happen because I know how much you loved playing in Japan. Yeah. Well, you know, Japan was just like a means for my career. Like it allowed me to be a pro for so long. Mm -hmm. Um, And we had even like my last year that summer, you know, Japan season ends in the fall. So it's just like a, you know, a logistics thing. Even my last summer with USA, that last summer at the world games and world championships in Birmingham, like I kind of knew, like, I I think this is about to be it. And people were like, no, you got to keep playing, keep going 2028. I knew I was Mm. already going to be done with Toyota. We had like pre-negotiated that. And I, I, the only reason I hadn't announced in the States because I was thinking, okay, like I want to, I was trying to figure out how I could have like, a last showdown kind of thing yeah. or a last game on U.S. soil, whether that mm-hmm. was in my hometown, whether that was at the Palm Springs tournament, whether that was, you know, like just just like a game someplace where people could come to watch like the last thing, like a big last mm-hmm. thing. And I just realized that like that would be so hard <laughs> to pull yeah. off accomplish, like <laughs> Yeah. I feel like I can do a lot of things, but being able to do something like that, it wasn't really realistic with the the US softball calendar. Like the way Team USA was going, all their events were in this summer are all overseas, like they're not even playing in the US this year, like it's and hard. then if I did the WPF, that would be the entire summer. If I did AU, like that's like a whole like that doesn't make sense. I'm going to go to AU for one season to retire. Like, yeah, it's like it didn't logistically match up. So I was like, okay, like, I think I just got to like, yeah, pull off the bandaid. Yep. Let it play out the way it's supposed to, but yeah. yeah. So physically, 
how do you like, I'm sure you feel amazing because you're not putting your body through all that stress anymore. I know I my I know actually like I'm I'm just like wow I'm not throwing every day I'm not pitching um or even like strength training the way I was mm-hmm. I feel like I still live a healthy lifestyle like I enjoy you know sweating daily or um, being active but it's definitely weird like coming up with that routine again and I, I miss that community working out with people and yeah. working with my team and um, going through phases of life together, like that yeah. daily interaction with them. Yeah, I think that was one of the hardest parts for me because I even like studied to be a strength coach. I love the weight room so much. Mm-hmm. And I think when I stopped playing, that meant like my workouts don't have to be as intense anymore. And for a while, like that was hard for me. I'm like, wait, I want to pick up heavy weight, which I still do. Well, I mean, you know, only eight weeks postpartum. I can't do what I yeah. used easy, to do yet. Easy, easy, easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my doctor would kill me if I did, but yeah, so, uh, I just, totally get just it. give it a couple, like give it like eight months or since <laughs> and soon enough, like you could just do squats with the baby. Like. Oh, hundred percent. He's already 10 pounds. So yeah. But that was one of the hardest parts for me. What's been like the hardest part for you? Do you think, um, on the workout side, any, like- anything like it could be, you know, identity. I know a lot of people struggle with that once they, you know, stop playing. Um, I, I think. The well, hmm, hmm, hmm. I know, hard question. I think lifestyle-wise, like I loved to work out when I was playing, and I still do. Um, but I think finding that like consistent routine and something that I love um, that still keeps me like feeling good. That part, yeah, um, has been difficult. Like, um, and then I think also too, I just feel like where do I want to fit into the softball world now? Like, I know I'm going to be involved in softball. I know, like, I have, you know, I'm Monica Abbott. But finding that level and that impact of where I can be, that's going to sustain me. Um, I was, that's going to sustain me, like, with a couple things. Like, in my my point is to feel that love of the game and to give back to the game, to make some sort of a living right right because you know i still have my my own bills <laughs> yeah yep. so to be able to like have that and then just to give back to the sport so how do i encompass the love of the game that i have make a living and then also give back to the sport all all in one all in whatever i decide to do yeah. next and that's yeah. the part that has been a little bit of a challenge to kind of narrow down like I have tons of ideas and avenues and ways to do it, but just like kind of narrowing it down into, okay, this is where you should focus. And that part's been a little bit more of a challenge. Yeah, that makes total sense. I, I struggle with the same thing, even like today sometimes, because, you know, I've, I've tried to build this business around, you know, helping athletes, especially like ones that have big goals, like giving them resources to be able to achieve the things that they want to achieve. And I know you and I have had conversations, you know, not recorded conversations around how can we still grow the game while not playing, but there's so many different avenues and that's the fun part. And again, you're only a few months out of this. Like the fact that you're already coming out with a book already, you know, showing up on a podcast to talk about things. Like, I think you're doing a great job. Truly. <laughs> yeah. You know, I want to be able, I realized that like I have, as an athlete, I had like this unique gift, right. And ability. Um, but I also realized that I, 
I also have like impacted a lot of a lot of athletes and people, right? Like not just softball mm-hmm. players, coaches, parents, families, um, brothers, like people in the game. So I realized that it's important for me to be able to like reach people at different levels, right? Like yeah. I can't just narrow down into like, hey, you're only gonna, you know, if I I don't want I feel I feel that I can't just narrow down too early because I need to be able I feel like I need to reach different levels of people and different levels of athletes and their yep. families and their people, their circles. So yeah. I know I have a good story and a good, uh, good voice for them to share. Yeah, you do. Okay. Speaking of story, let's dive into the book. So yes. your book rise and shine, the Monica Abbott story. Mm-hmm. It sounds like it's almost like a memoir, but also like an inspirational story about like how you can achieve your dreams. How would you, you know, within like a minute or two preface or talk about, you know, what is that book? Why did you create the book? You know, like what, what is the mission of it? So Rise and Shine, I would say is an inspirational story. It's the story of the impossible dream coming true. It's the story of your back against the wall and finding a way through it. It's the story of like your struggles as uh, an athlete and finding a way to finding a way to use them, using your struggles as and turning them into a strength and turning them into something that's powerful for you. That's what Rise and Shine really is about. And it just chronicles my career. And I I feel like, you know, we see we see books out there, right? Like, I think I can count on one hand how many books on softball or on a softball player have been written. I think what there's one on Jenny wrote a book, mm-hmm. Jenny wrote a book and like maybe I think Tony Paisley came out with a book not too long ago, but okay, yeah, maybe Tony. Uh, it's a picture thing apparently. <laughs> well, I mean, we got these stories to share. So, I mean, there's just not that many people that have been able to actually Um, do this. So just being able to have the opportunity. I mean, I think I remember when I was a young girl and like, I loved, or even I I loved reading about other sports stars. Like, how cool is that? Like, this is their story. You know, how can I, so how can I apply it to my life? So why not give the softball world the story, right? To give them the story that they can apply to their life and they can, they can be inspired and motivated to continue on in their career. Yeah. Is there a specific age group that you wrote it for? Or was it hard to try to get everybody involved? Like okay. If you play we, softball. The authors, Debbie and Rob Shriver, mm-hmm. uh, and I, we had a huge like debate about this because it was like actually really hard to talk about the actual age group. Um, mm-hmm. So we ended up our, um, we ended up actually I was like, okay, I feel like the 14, you know, like normal 14, 16, 12 years to 16 years, kind of like the age group that it would, you would think like they're, they're working their goals and their dreams and all this stuff that can Mm -hmm. be really impactful. But I was, we talked a lot about, but honestly, like we, I have such an impact on like a lot of people that are moms these days, right. Or like, or their parent or grandparents these days. And then there's this whole other aspect of like, you can't just leave out some of the, the big moments in my career that maybe a whole other generation may love. Like Mm -hmm. the whole title, like I was a, you know, an athlete of title nine, but like the million dollar contract, you can't leave that out. And that, 
creates this whole other like gener- generation and age of people that want to read read about those stories. So yeah. what we ended up doing is kind of making it and we decided we're going to make it an easy, quick read was the goal, not to make it like we want to target the youth, but make it mature enough for the older, some of the parents and older generations. And we did that by in sections, basically it's the first chapters, you know, my story, like how I grew up, what, how I started playing the game, second chapters, college, you know, then it's the 2008 Olympic games and then the pro league and playing professionally in the States. And then it's the 2020 Tokyo games. And then of course I had to include like the overseas aspect, right? So I played for Toyota for so long. I had to add that in. And then we included a women's empowerment chapter as well, just because playing at Tennessee is such a huge thing for women's sports and being at the forefront. You know, when I played, when I was in college, you know, playing in the Women's College World Series, I was at the forefront of the TV boom for softball. I was that I was that generation. So, um, and then the million dollar contract. So we felt like we had to add that women's empowerment and some of those things for for you know the moms and people that are a little bit older, the dads that want to like hear about a little bit more of that stuff. And so that so we tried to just mesh it all together. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> That's so it's it's truly like the whole story itself is inspiring no matter how old you are. Yeah. Like I, I was telling you off the cuff before this, like momhood is like a whole it's like building upon a new yeah. sport. It's like trying mm-hmm. something brand new. It's like you're you're failing all the time, you're trying to figure out this new board. But like I feel like even that, it's just like starting softball for the first time. You yeah. know, and, and I'm so glad that you share, you know, the initial story, which we did get to hear a little bit about in the first interview. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that you mentioned in the first interview that I, I want to repeat is like, if I remember correctly, your older sister got pitching lessons before you did. And mm-hmm. you you had approved to your mom that you really wanted to be a pitcher. And this yeah. is like very early on. And yeah. your mom was like, sh- sh- it wasn't like, oh, yeah, I'll just pay for pitching lessons. No, you had to work for it. Like it was yeah. one of those things where you had to prove that you wanted it. Um, so there's so many. Um, did that story make the book? No. Yeah, yeah. There's, yeah. A, there's a big, big chunk on that because, you know, yeah. Um, before that, I mean, I wasn't really, (laughs) I wasn't very good at softball. I wasn't like, I was just kind of hanging out because my sister was there. I love cheers. I love (laughs) running after foul balls so I could get candy from the (laughs) the snack bar. Yeah. We all have a a beginning story. Yeah. Yeah. It's so relatable on any level. So I just love that. And I love that it's about struggle to strength because, you know, from people that look from the outside in, it might not look like you struggle, like at all. I think right. that's the thing that Instagram, you know, everybody's like, oh, you see everybody's highlight reel, like their life must be perfect. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important to share, especially in a book, you know, where where you struggled because I feel like you don't become the best without struggling a ton. Yes. Yeah. What are some of those what are some of those struggle stories that have made the book that Maybe it'll inspire people to go grab this book, which I hope everybody does. I think like, I, gosh, I can't remember everyone that I put in there, but I know the college years, like that one at Tennessee, especially the whole freshman year, my whole freshman year 
And, and that's kind of a cool story. It comes full circle um, at Tennessee, but I really talk about the struggles I had my freshman year and some issues I had with just the whole system and honestly growing up, being away from home, um, having new coaches, just learning the system and just not really knowing how to express myself, I think. like So it was... That was probably those college years. That was a really big growing pain for me. And um, I think that one really shows a, a lot of a lot of the struggles I had that I eventually became obviously, you know, where I am to where I finished. Yeah. I was able to use it somehow. Did but you ever have big one. did you ever have like an awkward stage? Like where you just I didn't. I wouldn't put that in the book, though. <laughs> I mean, okay, then then this podcast gets the exclusivity of this. But you know, uh, I I remember having you know being such a nerd of softball almost, and and also very tall. I don't know yes. if that comes with it. I I like always try to downplay my height a little bit, but I just was very awkward, and I didn't feel like I could be myself. I like know. this is outside of softball. Like, did you go through that at all? Because for me, that was a big struggle growing I up. I had a huge struggle with like my height and just being like how tall I was. That I was taller than all the boys. Like that yeah. just like, killed me. And that I was. And I'm sure they had it. things to say. I'm sure boys uh, had yeah. like oh, they were chirping. Mm. We don't need to. We don't need to talk about what they Boys said. Boys suck but. sometimes. Sorry, sorry guys. We love them, but gosh darn it! <laughs> I know. But, like when you're, yeah, I totally struggled because I wanted. I was, and then I became like very, very athletic, right? And mm-hmm. I was like almost more athletic than most of the boys. So then that compounded it, right? And so like, like the yeah. only place that I felt like I fit in for a long time was like literally on the pitching mound in the yes. circle on game day. Like, That's so relatable. Yes. You know, I was like awkward and like my body grew too fast and I would like be uncoordinated at practice. And then I stood on the mound and I was like doing everything like so cool. I was like so mm. cool out there. <laughs> yeah. That's where I felt like I could be myself too. Like it's so yeah. funny. I'm sure that's so relatable to so many listening. Hey yo, Virtual Hitting Academy is back and better than ever. We have 30 more recorded classes on mental skills and hitting mechanics taught by me and a few college athletes and coaches who made appearances while I was out on maternity leave. We even have recordings from guest speakers like Amanda Schaefer teaching a class on confidence building, Team USA's Amanda Lorenz sharing tips on her hitting process and how to be ready for those big moments at the plate, and Oregon baseball's hitting coach Jack Marder came in to talk to us about how to think elite at the plate. These are just a few coaches that we've met over the years of VHA, and we have a whole new lineup of coaches and professional players that are coming in in these next six months to join us live this round. If you're interested in learning more about VHA, because this is just a tiny part of it, and those live classes that we have ahead, head to www.ashleybtraining.com and learn more about the incredible opportunities you'll be a part of as a member. Doors are open for the next six months of Academy only until July 14th, 2023. So head over to www.ashleybtraining.com and see what all the hype is about. And just for being a special listener of the podcast, I'm giving you an exclusive $15 off. 
All you have to do at checkout is type in the code PODCAST15, that's one five, and you'll be able to snag that exclusive discount. Just head to www.ashleybtraining.com and type in the code PODCAST15, that's one five, and you're in. Trust me, the investment in your athlete's future and her confidence is worth every penny. Can't wait to meet my new members of Smash Tribe. All right, let's head back to the show. What about that fifth grade you? Were you awkward then too? Or like the fifth grade you is the yeah. one who decided she wanted to be an Olympian? The fifth is that grade where... No, I was cute. I was super <laughs> cute. I was super cute and sassy and like so fun and like... No. I, I was just like, you know, your eyes are wide and everything's bright and colorful and fun and yeah. Yeah. Dreams um, always start when we're young. But mm-hmm. how did... How were you able to make the dream? So that's when your Olympic dream... You, this is probably the first time you saw it. How did you see it, first of all? Did you see other people that were Olympians and you wanted to be like them? How did that first dream come alive? The unconventional way. <laughs> I actually, um, in fifth grade, we had to do reports. We had to do mm-hmm. like reports. We're learning about our country. And I was like trying to get the state of California. I was like, I want to do California. Me, me, me. <laughs> And then I didn't get it. Went to someone else. There was like a draw, you know, all the California people that won in California. I didn't win in the raffle. And then I tried to get Nevada because that's the only other state I'd been to. And then I tried to get Hawaii because it sounded cool. <laughs> and I, I ended up like I was so mad. I I didn't get any of the states I wanted. All the states were gone. And my teacher put me in with Georgia. And it was at that time was 1996 I hadn't been pitching yet and the Olympic Games were in Atlanta so I did this state report and we had to like write the governor and all of these things so I had to write and the report wasn't even on the Olympics it was just on the state like state's flower like yeah what's its industry like what is all the things about it you know and so I did this report and I was like oh my gosh this is kind of fun and I got all this information and we're like, okay, we got to, we have got to add something about the Olympics in there. And so my mom like helped me find some Olympic stuff that was happening and we put it in the report and I wrote in the report, like, Hey, like softball, you know, at this point, I didn't even know, like that was the first Olympics for softball. I was like, and you know, is hosting, you know, Atlanta, Georgia is hosting the 1996 Olympic games and I'll see you there. I'll be I'll be on the softball field or whatever. Yeah, and let's go. I'll be on the softball field wearing team, wearing USA or whatever. Calling your <laughs> shot. I, I love it. I hadn't it. even started pitching yet. That's so cool. Like, but yeah, that's the power of like seeing a future for yourself. Right. And then what was, what was even really cool about that is just like the power of like little things, you know, um, my mom then, so the Olympic flame, you know, does a tour across the country and Mm -hmm. it went, it came through our town on the train. And so like, it kind of stopped at the train station and like ran around it or whatever. And my mom like pulled me out of school and she's like, we're going to go see the Olympic flame. (laughs) Wow. Shout out to your mom. Like shout out to Julie for, Shout out to Julie for giving me a fake dentist appointment and taking me to see the Olympic flame. Let's go, Julie. That's Julie's amazing. 
you're a star. <laughs> That's so cool. That's so, I love that. I think, you know, we all need people, especially like parents, a lot of parents listen to this. Like it's little things like that. Like you remember that story of like seeing the Olympic flame. That was like enough for you to feel like it's real, you know? Yeah. That's so that cool. Possible. I don't know. I just think anything is, anything is possible. I think. Yeah, you know, truly. Anything can truly come true. Uh, yeah, it's not easy and there's a lot of work and you're going to be like challenged and you're going to want to quit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're for mm-hmm. sure going to want to quit, but, and there, you're going to feel like it's impossible and you're going to feel defeated at times, but you're going to have wins along the way. And if you keep remembering the wins and you keep trying to duplicate the wins, then eventually you're going to get a really, really big championship. Yeah. Yeah. No matter if it's like a USA championship or, you know, your little rec league championship, whatever it is, like you're going to see more of them. You know, being someone who I also had dreamt to be an Olympian, not in not, I don't have like a fun story like yours, but I do remember watching the 2008 Olympics Mm -hmm. and like, but knowing that was going to be the last Olympics for softball. And it was like heartbreaking because I was at the age where it was like, you know, do I want to continue to play and try mm-hmm. to get there? And like, not knowing if like, to me, I was like, it's not coming back. Like mm-hmm. it won't come back for a while, which it didn't come back for a while. Um, so I felt like my dream was just like crushed, but like you were able to like dream the thing, go play in 2008. And I think a lot of people my age kind of maybe had the same dream, but I didn't get there obviously because yeah. I was like, well, if I play for team USA, then I'm not going to play in an Olympics. I'm now looking, looking back at it. If I knew it was coming back in 2020, I might've changed my mind, but you just don't know. Yeah. You just, you just don't know. I think I will say like, gosh, politics suck, but (laughs) it's wild. But I do think like there is a whole generation of softball players that didn't get the opportunities they deserved to wear their country across their chest. And Mm -hmm. I would say even myself included. Yeah. I was able to, I was able to play USA in 2008 and, and I hung on long enough to be able to play in 2020, but in the prime of my, I was the youngest player on the 2008 Olympic team. Like the youngest, there was, there was like two, I think three rookies. Like, I mean, Mm -hmm. so like a rare spot, right? Like, so I somehow was able to do that, but like the prime of my career in 2012 and 2016, like, I should have been pitching in the Olympic games for the world. Right. Those yeah. were my best years. And instead, you know, I was wearing a bandits uniform or a scrapyard uniform and, you know, hoping people would show up to watch, to watch those games, those epic pro league battles. But I definitely do feel like there was a generation of softball players that were great, that like dominated and were so fun to watch and they should have had an opportunity to compete on the world stage. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty crazy. But I have to ask, you know, you got to wear the USA. What was it like wearing USA for the first time? I think it's like almost like surreal. Like you keep like kind of like I remember like getting the uniform and being like, oh, my gosh, like this is so cool. Like and I was kind of like I I remember I think I was kind of like scared to put it on at first. I like just kind of like this real. Yeah, Yeah. is this real? Like, oh, my God, (laughs) just put it on like the put it on like my bed or whatever and just like um just like walked through the house like multiple times staring at it like is it still there is it still there yeah (laughs) Um, yeah 
And the first game is definitely like definitely a sense of like pride and a sense of joy. And then like also like a, just adrenaline running through your veins <laughs> because mm-hmm. you're like, this is the coolest moment of my life. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And then, and then it hits you like, uh, you know, I don't know, a little while later, like, Hey, like now you're wearing USA. Like now it's time. Like you, you got to represent like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You got to show up every day. You got to show up with your best every day because it, there could be someone in the stands that, hey, it's their first time ever watching uh, watching a softball game. It's their first time ever watching Team USA play. And how, how are you going to show up for them? How are you going to represent for them? How are you going to be the epitome of a professional for our sport? That's pretty special. What does your family think when you were you know, invited to try out and then got the spot? Um, they were just like, they just like a hundred percent supported me. They were, they were thrilled. I mean, bless their hearts. I was so driven, like, and focused. So they just did everything they could to support me. And we had like a big celebration dinner and all those things, um, which was cool. Yeah. So I know there's a lot of, you know, young athletes, maybe even older athletes that have this dream. They have the goal. They want to play for team USA. Can you break down how, I mean, I know part of this is in the book, but like break down, like how, how did it start? Which you kind of started with that, but like, how did you get there? Like what, what about your goal setting and your work ethic? Like what got you there truly? Yeah, actually, this is actually this funny, funny you should ask, but so if I had, so when I was writing Rise and Shine, Rise and Shine is like the, the ultimate inspirational story. It tells all the things, right? But when I was writing it, I obviously was like softball player brain, like this Mm -hmm. is such a cool story, but don't people want to know how, like if rising shine is the inspirational story and it it motivates you, don't people want to know the, how, how did they do it? How did she actually do it? So we came up, I, we, and the author, myself and the authors, we came up with what we call Abbott's a list, which is, 14 actions for success. It's actually in the very back of Rise and Shine and it has tidbit, has like a little snippet of 14 different things in the book. But while we did it, we were like, okay, like we need to take it a step further. Like it can't just be like this list of 14 actions, like set your goals and all these sort of things. Mm-hmm. So we actually did a workbook. Da-da-da-da. Oh my gosh. This workbook. And it's kind of like a workbook slash journal, but it's mm-hmm. called Abbott's A-List, how to bring it on and off the field. And it has everything from uh, 14 steps. So number five is like, be great at something. And what you do, so it ha- it details like why this was important or how it showed showed up throughout my career and why it was a theme in my career. And then it, kind of you get points on like how to figure out what you're great at, what's the thing that you can do to make it great and how can you, if you have something good in this situation that says the thing I'm good at, this is the thing I'm good at and this is the thing I'm going to make great. Mm. So how do I, how do I do that? Um, yeah. You know, what was like, that step for you at that moment? Me, like if you, yeah. Different things throughout my career, but mm-hmm. I would say one would be like throwing, throwing hard, right? Yeah. Like I, I could, I could throw fast but then I really was like, okay, like I can throw fast, but like I should try to throw really fast. Like I, mm-hmm. I should actually try to like throw it harder than ever. Like 
let's set a goal. Can you hit 80 miles per hour? Can you like hit 75 consistently? And so when I dived all into like throwing that hard, that's when I was able to do, you know, the Guinness record of 77. That's when I was able to like do some of those incredible speed things. I love it happened it. In, like with my rise ball, like I was good at throwing the rise ball, but then, you know, the reason I was able to make the Olympic team is because I went all in on this rise ball and started to find ways to like control and like spot it on levels and angles and locations. So, and that like really separated myself and made my rise ball that was good, like whew, really great, like Olympic yeah. level like perfect game at the Olympic level. Great. So yes, I love that at different stages, you were having different things that you were good at that you were working to become great. I think I'm thinking of the, did you ever watch the documentary? I think it's called the last dance about Mm -hmm. like Michael Jordan, the bulls. Um, It reminds me of like the story of, you know, if he wasn't that good at, let's say a certain distance of a jump shot, like that is what he was good at. Right but he was going to strive to become great. And that was the year he was going to become great at it. And then the next year he found something different, like free throws or something. And he just kept changing the things that he was good, make them great. And now all of a sudden he is what he is. And it it reminds me of you a hundred percent. That's so, but yeah, the greats think alike. That's all I'm going to say. The greats think alike. (laughs) Well, I, I don't know. Michael Jordan's amazingly great. Um, <laughs> I wish I had a Give yourself credit. You're amazingly great at softball. So occasionally great at softball, but yeah. So this is like number five in Abbott's A list is called "Be Great at Something." Mm-hmm. And so this workbook, I just has like there's these different themes, right? Like these different themes in my your career that kind of like. I think you could probably even think about things that helped you get to where you were, right? Like 100%. And they kind of like show up over and over. And when I was like, okay, like I need to share these because I feel like these are the things that made the inspirational story come true. Yes. So, So if I'm really doing a service, right? If I'm really doing a service and really like standing in my truth of like, hey, like I wanna inspire and motivate the future generation. I wanna give them the dream. I want to help build their dream. I want to be a part of their dream. I have to give them the how, the how to, how to do it. Give them an action plan beside it, reading it, practicing, all that stuff is great. But when you really dive into it, we each have different themes and different actions that really help us be successful. Mm-hmm. So if it's something like number five, be great at something. Hey, let's talk about it. Like, what is the one thing that you're really good at right now? Can you make it even better? Can you make it great? Can you make it Olympic great? And then how does that open up your game, right? Like, how does that open up everything else for you? Because you took your good and you made it great. You made it so, so good. So, so great, right? And then all of the other things that you're doing, all of, a, all of a sudden, those are going to complement your great, right? They're going to complement that one thing that was great, and it's going to make it even even better. So that's what Abbott's A-list is. It's really just the how, the mm-hmm. how I did it. Um, if I could put it into themes and actions, that's what, it, that's what this is about. Yeah. So this is like perfect. Everybody's going to go read the book itself first, be inspired by the story. Yes. And then, exactly. and then they can look forward to reading the how. Now, yeah. I, I haven't seen you share a whole lot of the how. So like, 
Yes. Are we getting like a special like access <laughs> to what's going on back here or what? Yes, you guys totally are. I have like mostly just promoted Rise and Shine because it's such, it was such a big project. Mm-hmm. And Rise and Shine has Abbott's A-list in the back of it as like a preview. And then after the book was written, we're like, we got to we got to put this, we need to finish the A-list and make sure like that's available too. So it's, I've been kind of like trickling it out into the world. Like it's available on my website right now to this day. I think, okay. you, can get, I think you can even get like a combo package if you want. Like, let's go. <laughs> let's figure go. I mean, this is the world we're living in. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just think like, it was just one of those things that I feel like the story needed to be told first. Mm-hmm. So then you, so then you can have the action plan to do it. So I don't know. That's amazing. Yeah. It just kind of like one of those things like, Hey, I think this is really dope and so freaking awesome. Like I wish I had this when I played and that's probably why I made it. (laughs) Right. I love that. What's cool is so people that are just listening, they couldn't see you when you were like putting it up to the screen, but this interview is going to be on YouTube too, where people can look. But what I just saw is that, you know, you could write in it like that. Yes. It's, it's meant to be a journal. And I think that's the yeah. stuff. That's where it's going to stick. Like people are going to write down not just their goals, but like, you know, what am I great at right now? How can I make it great? I think that is so powerful yes. that they it's can def- write this stuff down. It's definitely meant for you to write on. And like when we did it too, we, we wanted to make it somewhat small so that it would fit in your ball bag. Like if you yeah. wanted to, like you could just put in your bat bag um, and then in between games, something happened, you could, you could reference it. Okay. Like I need to do this more, or this is what I wrote before. So I, I know this, so you could put it, it's like a piece of your equipment. You don't have to do it that way. You can put it on your nightstand too. But so it is like, kind of like have a nice sheen so that if you wanted to put it in, it would still stay nice. Um, yeah, that's bag. perfect. I love that. Now it sounds like, cause I know there's a lot of people that have these goals and they want to make a map. And it sounds like the cliff notes version of how you became great was you just kept finding things like one at a time that you were good at that you wanted to make great. And then you just kept repeating that. And that's how you came up the ladder. Is that how, is that how you would describe it? Or would you add anything else? Yeah. I think I would describe it that way. That's a great Cliff Notes version. I think that's one of the main things. That's one of the main things. Obviously, there's an account. There's 14. <laughs> I was going to say, you're going to have to go get the book to find all the others. Yes. And that's just that's just one of them. But yeah, I think that was a big component that helped. I think when I look at the things that I made great, that was the component that that took me to the next level that I wanted to compete at. So when you're, you know, in travel ball and, or I don't know, let's say you're in like 14 U, right. And then you're going into high school. Okay. So, okay. I need to, I need to step my game up. Okay. So I'm in high school. I'm going off to college. I need to step my game up. Okay. I'm a freshman and sophomore. I'm going into my junior, senior year. I need to step my game up. Like those different levels that you jump from college to pro pro to the Olympics, all those things that's when number five really show, continued to show up, be great at something, um, continue to show up. That's awesome. Well, so you said everybody can find both of these books. I mean, I think your yes. your book is actually, the, the main book, Rise and Shine, is on Amazon, but you can yes. probably find both on your website, you said, right? 
Yes. So Rise and Shine is on Amazon. And if you if you want a signed copy, you have to get it through my website, obviously. But Abbott's, Abbott's A-list is only available in person or on my website. It's not available online anywhere else. So cool. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, I've already got the inside scoop. Go yes, get this do. book. And go to your listeners. Yes. Go Link get this book. Guys. I know. I feel so special. You're you the best. Should. I need to ask though, are you cool to do another five to thrive to wrap this up today? Sure. Yeah. The five rapid Let's fire questions that I didn't tell you were coming again, but here we go. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. First question. I know you love to run. Okay. Yeah. You always post about it. Um, I've, I've never really been a runner. I think it's a pitcher thing. Like I, I love to sprint all day long. I love sprinting. I don't like running long distances, but you do. What is like your go-to song right now that like, when you listen to it, you run a little faster or get like super pumped up by? Um, I really like Lizzo. Let's go. I love Lizzo. I really like Lizzo or any like, you know, like dance, like the, the dance remixes. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing. Love it. Um, Do you have a favorite moment of your career that just like stands out as like one of the highlights of your career? Ooh, I have so many good moments. I know. Um, It's probably hard to pick one. Yeah. You did have like an over 20 year career. So I can see why this is hard. You can be like two or three. Um, I think winning the world championship in Japan in 2018 with Team USA is definitely a highlight. Um, the Chicago Bandits versus the USSA Pride, uh, epic battles in championship series and things like that. Those are huge highlights and memories just because those games were so freaking epic. They're so hard and so good. I think the strike breaking this NCAA strikeout record. Uh, my senior year in college, um, which still stands. Yes. No I'm kidding. I <laughs> somebody love please it. break. Somebody please break it already. <laughs> no. Hey, um, they got some great pitchers at Tennessee right now. Yeah, they do. So I think that for sure. What else? I don't know. Making the Olympic team. They're all highlights. Yeah, I have so many. I have so many happy memories. Like I'm beyond beyond blessed. But like I don't know. I never thought that I would be playing as long as I did. I dreamed about it, but. I got a ton of highlights, so. Yeah, I love that so much. Um, I need to know, do you have any talents other, like, outside of softball that you can brag upon yourself? No. <laughs> Come on, there's got to be one. Um, I'm a really good uh, motivational speaker. Hey, that's no, I don't, That's not a talent. Um No, I don't have any other talents outside of softball. Dang. I thought we were going to get, like, the inside scoop. I'm a pretty like, good cook. I, can, I was going to say, hey, like maybe you can make eggs really good or something. I'd make a great avocado toast. <laughs> hey, that's a talent. Some people can't do that. Yeah. We'll, we'll take it. We'll take okay. it. And maybe towards the end, you'll be like, oh, wait, I got one. Who knows? Is there one lesson that softball has taught you that kind of like sticks out that you kind of wish other people would know? Like what's a big lesson that you learned throughout playing? two things one is just like everything is figure outable <laughs> yes i have a book called that by yeah. marie forleo it's, have you read it no i haven't but no? i need to i need definitely need to buy that book yeah it's true though yeah every, you can figure everything out and then two is like just keep going keep going i think 
it's not even about the like never give up it's just like keep going stay in the fight like mm-hmm. it's gonna get better like it's gonna get so much better just keep going yeah I think sometimes we stop right before we should and that's mm-hmm. when you're right on the edge of something great so just just keep going love that now that kind of probably bleeds into my last five to thrive question, but what would you say to a fifth grader who, you know, has the Olympic dream? Uh-huh. Like you might, you might repeat what you just said. I don't know. But like if somebody, if let's say you're looking back at you at fifth grade, like what did you need to hear? What, it, what does that little girl need to hear? Go for it. <laughs> Go for it. Why just not? Hey, it. why not you? Why yeah. not you? But what if they have like all those people around them that say you can't do this? Eh. Eh. Who cares? No. Like mm-hmm. don't don't let anyone tell you what you can't do. The only person that can tell you that is you. Mm. Yeah. L- literally, why not you? Why why not you? Like you have what it takes. It's just up to you to to harness it, to pull it out of yourself. Yeah. Sometimes you're the only one who knows it. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. And in, really time, and in time, people will know too. Others will mm-hmm. know too. And those people will help lift you up. Love it. I love it. Well, Monica, you are doing, you're changing the game, literally. Making a book. <laughs> making a book <laughs> when there's not many out there. I hope everybody listening is inspired to go grab it, especially the addition of um, the A-list. I think that's oh. incredible. And I, I truly think like both of those together, you're going to spark so many dreams. I'm just so excited for you. you. This is awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a fun, it's been a fun project. So, and I hope just the softball world and our softball baseball community just like absolutely love it and like latch onto it. So thank you for having me and thank you everyone uh, for supporting this project. Um, I hope you love the book and the A-list. Amazing. Well, I love you and I'm excited for all the things to come for you. And however I can help, just let me know. Yeah. Love you too. Wowza. I feel honored to be one of the first people to know about her, not only new book, but her journal, her A-list. How cool is it that she shared that secret with us? Being able to have a place to physically write where you are currently in your game and track your progress along the way is everything when it comes to making your goals happen. I love that she shared that she was constantly trying to find what elements of her game were good and how she could make it great. I truly believe that's how I was even able to play professionally. And the fact that another professional athlete, someone who did it even bigger and better than I ever did, is sharing the same thing is huge. The fact that she said she wishes she had something like this growing up proves how valuable this work is. You can head to the show notes to find where you can purchase the A-list and her new book. And let me tell you, I already purchased a few copies for my athletes because I truly believe this work is special. I just know the future of our sport is in such great hands with Monica giving back her knowledge and so many others doing the same. She's a guest I know will be back on the show again. If you haven't already and are enjoying When the Cleats Come Off, make sure to subscribe to this podcast so you'll be the very first to be notified when my next episode drops. And also make sure to follow me on social media for the best quotes, tips, and clips from each episode. You can find all my social media platforms in the show notes. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of When the Cleats Come Off. And never forget 
to stay awkward, stay humble, and keep smiling. I'll see you next week.